Welcome to the Aging Hipster. I am Bob Serrano. Tonight, we discuss proper IKEA etiquette, Dorian Gray and the Smiths. This week, we're talking about 500 Days of Summer. Joining me as my special co-host is Robin Posey-Leon from My TV Family. Welcome back, Robin. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. My TV Family has made a triumphant return to the podcast waves. It was fantastic to see that pop up. What did you guys talk about? What are you guys watching? Uh, we talked about what we've been watching. Uh, my fabulous co-host Meredith, Meredith and I did a TV catch up. It is available uh, wherever you find your find podcasts. Um, but yeah, it had been a minute and we took some time to go over the Ted Lasso and supermarket sweep of it all and mm-hmm. give it give it a listen. Fantastic. And then, you know, so after watching this movie, I started making days of everything. So I was thinking we're close to 290 days of friendship between you and I. You first came on watching singles. And that's like, yep, it was fantastic. It's off a whirlwind of movie torment as I made you watch Masters of the Universe, In and Out, Kindergarten Cop. We also watched NYPD Blue. I, I always have so much fun having you on. So thank you. You fool. For back. You keep I having know. me back. <laughs> I, I feel like my my mission in this world is to tell you whether or not these movies from the nineties aged well or not, and whether they are full of toxic masculinity. So I feel like uh we're gonna be right on target this week, Bob. <laughs> oh yeah, and just uh, a spoiler for everybody, a lot of those uh, movies in the nineties, yes, there's a lot of toxic masculinity. You'll be surprised to know kindergarten cop did not age well everyone <laughs> spoiler alert but you know who did age well was Dolph Lundgren oh yes he did I will never forgive you for making me watch Masters of the Universe and that's <laughs> that on that oh man that's amazing okay Let's meet our special two special guests from the Swiped Out podcast, which talks about romance in the modern digital world. It's Madison and Savannah. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for coming on on such a joyous occasion. Um, where can people find Swiped Out? Can you kind of talk about your podcast? Sure. Yeah, Swiped Out is really uh, our answer to the meet cue in the modern world. So Sav and I uh, were swiping on the apps in New York City and had a lot of interesting stories, but maybe not a whole lot of successes. Uh, and so Swiped Out was really kind of our brainchild of inviting guys that we match with on the apps into the studio uh, to have a first date with one of us. And through that experience, bringing on our friends and family to talk about their dating experiences, do some dates of their own, and also some successful love stories, because it is possible even in a pandemic. <laughs> and uh, you can find us uh, at Swiped Out Pod on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, and also on Instagram as well. So, yes. Savannah, how did season one go? It was a really fun and unexpected journey, I suppose, yeah. with everything happening in our world, country, etc. It started as that idea of having guys come into the studio to have our first day on the pod and due to circumstances <laughs> outside of our control it it kind of evolved um to 
to include whatever we wanted it to include. It ended up uh, towards the end, we started interviewing interracial couples during the the time when protests started up. And we just really felt like we weren't necessarily interested in talking about our personal dating lives. We wanted to explore other love stories. It was a great first season. I think it wasn't what either of us expected, but it was enjoyable. And I'm excited to look back on it uh, <laughs> in a few years and think like, wow, what were we thinking when the entire world shut down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, just from my own uh, point of view, it's like when I started doing this podcast, uh, I thought I really thought that I what I thought I was going to do and what I'm doing right now today is two different things. I thought I was going to have people on. And obviously, it says aging hipster. So it's kind of dating me a little bit. But I thought I was going to have people on. And then we would talk about like kind of cultural, like cultural moments of uh, stuff that we thought was cool, but we kind of laugh at, you know, it's kind of go, oh, that was so crazy how we used to love Skid Row or Warrant or Slaughter. But then I found like people didn't <laughs> really that honest <laughs> about like, oh, they're really embarrassing stuff about that. So I kind of and then I was like, well, I kind of like movies a lot too and so then my friend toby and i uh who also does a bunch of these with me you know we started toby. watching all this, yeah old toby watch all of star wars and then we started doing these kind of more you know just in terms of just other kinds of genres as too and that's where we met robin and so i can totally relate to like what you thought before you're like oh yeah i'm just going to put a mic on this guy as we talk about how we're whatever you know and then it turned into um something totally different do you find did you find that when you start interviewing people's love stories were you a lot more satisfied with your product than trying to talk to some dude that you met on gofish what are some of these called oh. oh wow we could go through the the oh, yeah. you got your hinge your tinder your bumble your facebook dating uh i don't know sab what do you think because uh, were they more yeah were they more satisfying um well i'll on the podcast, I actually only went on one date myself because Ooh. Madison is the courageous yeah. <laughs> of us two and really like <laughs> blazed ahead on that trail. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, I guess for me personally, yes, interviewing couples was much more satisfying because I was not sweating bullets and uh, just <laughs> biting my nails in anxiety. <laughs> um, but there's something super fun about the dates as well because that's you know, what we went in intending to do. And I personally loved being the moderator on Madison's yeah. dates oh. uh, because you get Wait. to like throw stuff at them. And okay. Okay. I think Robin's interested in this too. So let's go, let's get into this. Okay. So it's Madison and, mm -hmm. and, and uh dude, yeah. man or dude, yeah. or like dude or woman. I don't want to like assume anything. Yeah. Just, just and, dude for me, but yes. Yeah, dude, we... yeah. <laughs> um, and so is this like over zoom or something? Cause this is going uh, during COVID, mm. right? It started. <laughs> it started in a little basement podcast studio in Astoria, yeah, in Queens, <laughs> and then and, branched. Yes, you go ahead, Matt. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. So the way that we would do it is, if I if I was going on the date, Savannah would go up and get the guy and meet him at the door, bring him down to this unfinished basement. It looked very scary, <laughs> a little bit like Get Out, and <laughs> bring him into this nice studio. And my first time meeting this guy would be recording, sitting down, recording in the studio to do the episode as he's afraid you're going to like skin him alive yes. and yeah like, <laughs> luckily for him it was like a, a functioning business upstairs it was like a little coffee house so i think at least that hopefully calmed some fears 
it transitioned to zoom and uh we did that we did a couple of zoom dates on the pod and that was a whole different ball game of also awkwardness but at a different level with buffering and <laughs> sound issues <laughs> all of that fun stuff <laughs> Was it nice though, Mads, to have someone there on your first Zoom date? That, yeah, that's the kind that. of weird thing is like you're bringing yeah. a friend with you on your yeah. date. Which, yeah, honestly, in real life, I wish I could bring a buddy sometimes. So yeah. It was really nice to have, you know, each other, I think, to support us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how has dating changed during the pandemic? What do you guys think? Oh, man. <laughs> I think it's completely I mean, imploded. Yeah. I mean, Mads has to take this one because she's the, again, always the brave one she has continued to date and i have sworn it off completely i am um not pandemic dating at the moment just not feeling that urge (laughs) um but mads i think you went on a date or two yeah i actually just went on a first date tonight so oh wow (laughs) yeah um oh my god tell us everything uh it went i think it went well we went to a restaurant outdoor seating we wore masks gave him a nice little uh elbow as a greeting <laughs> and um you know it it really it's ironic i think actually that we did the podcast because obviously as you guys both know podcasts are about the conversation and i think that's what a lot of these dates were we're really focused on the conversation and in fact we got into some more we did like the 36 questions that lead to love new york times one of the episodes we got into like the nitty-gritty quickly and i think so much of pandemic dating is the conversation it's obviously less the physical or i would hope so i would recommend that to people (laughs) but your your health and safety first um but yeah, I've done a couple hiking dates during quarantine. I obviously did this date. I'm a big fan of the FaceTime date to not only vet your person and kind of see if, if you're feeling the vibes, but also just, you know, social distancing. Um, so yeah, I would say all of my single friends out there, uh, I know someone who met a guy about two weeks before the world shut down and they ended up quarantining together and now they're planning what? to get married at some point. <laughs> Uh, and I know a lot of other people that are just like, you know what, kind of like what Savannah said, it's not in the cards for 2020, try again in 2021. And that's just the state of the union right now. So I think for a lot of singles out there, it's completely different. We've never experienced this before. Like I can't even imagine like, so if it gets to towards the point where you want to get a little bit more physical, do you actually talk about like, so let's get tested? But a different test. Like, so we need a whole battery of tests now. Yeah. No, it's funny funny you say that, Bob, because uh, there was a guy at the beginning of quarantine who was a guest, uh, Greg, Savannah, on our our pod. We ended up doing like maybe nine FaceTime dates. And like when I say FaceTime date, we were doing like two hour, three hour FaceTime conversations. Like what you would do for a normal date. Yeah. And when I first met him in Central Park, I mean, at that point, you would think you're halfway to a relationship getting to know someone and talking that much. Um, we kept it socially distant. <laughs> I was like, have you gotten a COVID test recently? And, and he's like, uh, no. And I was like, okay, like, let's, let's just keep our distance. He's um, like, I'm not so sure about masks. I have a phone to pick up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, my point in saying that is the physical chemistry wasn't there. And that was a big learning experience to me where like our conversations were so great. And I think he's a great yeah. guy. And I think different time, different place, it could have worked out. But the physical chemistry was off. And I'm like, oh, wow, you really can't discount that so it's just Mm. hard it's hard to really i give i give people credit who are still doing it and trying but it's not for the fun part by any means 
So you're like looking at him. It's like, is this guy worth having a Q-tip jammed up my nostril? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. I'm like, could I be quarantined with this man for 14 days? Yeah. (laughs) You know, Robin, this reminds me a little bit of a little bit of romance back in our day when a lot of stuff was done over phone. Do you remember Mm. this? Like where we spend a lot of time on the phone, at least in junior high, you know, like. 100%. Like I remember like just, yeah, just, you're just like talking for like three hours. Like you're talking about, of course I, I was a little bit younger then. So the conversations weren't good. They were just like, you're in front of the TV, just going like, what are you watching? Like perfect strangers, like Belky's funny. Yeah. Was so, this on a party line or are there cell phones involved? Like what kind of technology? No, not cell phone. <laughs> um, I had that badass phone that you, it was clear and you could see the guts. Of yes. The phone. yes. I'm not trying to brag, but it was a pretty good deal. <laughs> I'm okay. Let's get into the movie. Uh, 500 days of summer, Madison and Savannah, you chose this. Why did you choose this movie? Um. Yeah. Okay. This movie was one of the first that I saw, I guess, as a high schooler that I I felt like it called attention to the filmmaking. It was maybe one of the first movies I saw that made me think like, oh, like people make decisions that make movies what they are. It's just it it was really unique. And I was going through sort of like a brooding time as we all are as teenagers. So I think I really related with Tom at that point. Um, and just fell in love with this movie. And then as the years have gone on, I've still loved the movie, but I've come to recognize some of its flaws and have sort of tried to reckon with those and still appreciate the movie, but be able to have a more full, full picture of it. Um, yeah. So that's, I, I, I think you'd suggested us finding a rom-com since we we do have a dating podcast, and I I like this one because it, it is a subversion of that of that genre, um, so I don't know. That's that's no, why that, I like it. Great yeah. answer. Okay, Madison, <laughs> uh, are you a Tom or a Summer? Oh, that is a great question, Bob. You know, I was just thinking about this, similar to Savannah, because we are both uh, now twenty six. When the movie first came out, I immediately loved it. I connected with it, connected with the music in it. Um, But it's obviously told from the perspective of Tom. And at the time, as someone who hadn't really experienced love, of course, I ended up siding with Tom. But watching it now as a – I wouldn't even call myself an adult, but an adultier adult than I was (laughs) back in the day. Uh, You know, I can see it through Summer's perspective. And I think the disservice of the movie, and maybe that's the point of the movie, is we don't ever get to see anything through Summer's perspective. It's all through the lens of Tom. And I think now as a woman who's gone through different relationships, has had her heart broken, has broken some hearts, I can definitely sympathize and understand where Summer's coming from a lot more than I could have back in the day. So so both, I guess, depending on the relationship, but uh, <laughs> an evolution for mm. sure. Uh, I, I was definitely a Tom. I'm probably still a Tom at heart. Um, <laughs> I, I don't listen to the Smiths. I don't like Morrissey, but I do like sad, <gasps> sad songs. I'm sorry. I, I know I should get that out there now. I should get it out there now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Robin. Okay, Robin. Are you a Tom or a Summer? I am 100% a Summer. I know we're going to get into this. Um, 
I remember liking this movie when it came out. I just asked my husband, did we see that movie together? And he was like, yeah, I think so. And then I looked at when it came out and I was like, well, I hope I saw it with you because <laughs> someone's got some explaining to do. But um, I, I love Zoe Deschanel as like the manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. in, in every role that she plays, but like yeah. girl knows her brand and wears it well. Um, but yikes, the toxic behavior that jumped out of this movie took my breath away. Um, I actually had a tally for every time she told him she did not want a relationship. I have it on paper right here. <laughs> every time Summer told Tom, I don't want something serious. I don't want a relationship. I gave it a tick mark. Um, Tom just was leading the lot. He was living in a different relationship than she mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Okay. How, wait, first of all, how many how many Tic Tacs do you have there? Five. Five. Oh, yeah. Five. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Well, it wasn't six. I think that's the rule of thumb. So if a woman tells you six times, she's not interested. That's for real. I think I've heard that. <laughs> what if he screams at her, this relationship isn't over until I say it's over? I have to agree that we're not a couple. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I see her point yes! there. I, I came in definitely wanting to um to defend Tom, but I don't know if I want to anymore. It might be a losing battle. But let's get into <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about the production before we get into uh, discussion about the movie. Five Hundred Days of Summer came out in two thousand nine, directed by Mark Webb, written by Scott uh, Newstater and Michael H. Weber, starring Zoe Deschanel, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I love both of these leads by the way in fact i i found 500 days on summer of summer on stars and they also had looper on so i actually watched looper before i was like um got into 500 days of summer and also a couple things i learned during this is uh zooey right zooey sometimes you just read these names okay um she dumped she's with a property brother now who's canadian they're canadian anyways (laughs) this is like it blew my mind i was like so happy because zooey like had like got uh she was living in austin and she had a baby down the street at the at the um birthing clinic in south austin so i was like oh we're we're cool and then she just they got divorced yeah. Uh. yeah and also fyi robin um my wife reported that zooey was there at her restaurant really uh, yeah it was a new girl reunion it was uh <gasps> If Jake Johnson was there, yes. I will lose yes. my mind. That's awesome. Yeah. Were they nice? I think so. She's she's the bartender, so she was just like kind of like looking out the like mm. window yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And um, I imagine so. I imagine like they just they're just like God. I wish there was like a podcast out there that I could just like kind of talk about and oh. connect with people. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> anyway, girls. <laughs> it's honestly usually me goes frozen so anyway <laughs> i was in the middle of the greatest story about this all but it just <laughs> i noticed like, you have me, like oh, Jay Johnson. yeah have you guys Jake seen Johnson? just uh, as a an aside have you guys seen did you guys watch the new girl i watched I, a little bit i didn't finish it but i saw the first few seasons 
There is a scene, the first kiss between Zoe Deschanel and Jake Johnson. He's wearing like a lady's trench coat. It's like a famous first kiss. If you haven't watched it lately, go back and revisit it. It is hot. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't tell me twice. Yeah, speaking of Jake Johnson, he, he did an episode of Mythic Quest on Apple TV. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, it's about online gaming. It's an excellent series, Robin. You should check it out because Jake Johnson does, it's basically a um, bottle episode. There is nothing. We have zero overlap on our television. Like, <laughs> right. You're like, have you heard of this TV show called Bleep Blart Bloop? And I'm like, no, no, Bob, I have not. <laughs> right. It's just, we just like, it's like an entire, like 30 minutes of us just batting stuff back and forth. Like we don't watch the same no. stuff. Although that's do, why, speaking of Apple TV, you do need to watch Ted Lasso. It is so. No, I did, but Mythic <gasps> Quest is better than Ted. You're on drugs, but that's okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's get back. Let's get into it. Uh, and also, Jeffrey Aaron was in it. That was the guy that was in Super Troopers, who got all high and stuff. He was in there. Uh, it was released on the seventh of August, two thousand nine. Budget was seven point five million dollars. Opening weekends eight hundred and thirty four thousand. It grossed thirty two million dollars in the U S. 60 almost 61 million dollars worldwide in 2009 this was the year of avatar made 2.7 billion dollars worldwide followed by uh, harry potter ice age dawn of the dinosaurs transformers Re- uh, revenge of the fallen 2012 up twilight saga new moon sherlock holmes i think that's the robert downey jr one right that yeah, has to be angels and demons the hangover and let's see where 500 days of summer is 87th which is not that, you know. Just after Ninja Assassin. <laughs> which is amazing, by the, the way. Of course I saw that. <laughs> yeah, of course I saw that. And uh, year one, remember that with uh, Jack Black and Michael Sarah? Yes. I sure don't. Well, we, we might have to watch that <laughs> as well. Um, okay, some production notes about what's going on. The films definitely was filmed in a blue centric color scheme, and that was done to bring out Zooey Deschanel's eyes. Um, Jenny Beckman was the girl that was mentioned at the beginning of the movie was a real girl who dumped one of the screenwriters Scott Newstater. Summer is based on this girl and the script of the movie is kind of their relationship so Robin, it gets even worse so the guy has this relationship and then writes a screenplay about this and calls her a bitch on the screen within the first 30 seconds of the film, I mean guys yep Pull your shit together. 2009, a wild time. Yeah, it was. It's all kind of coming together in my brain right now as we talk about it. So it's like, it's kind of blowing my mind that, yes, Scott got a little little bit of issues. Okay, in the first draft of screenplay, the film was set in San Francisco. Oh, so Red was finally does make an appearance in the movie in Summer's apartment where a little red origami bird can be seen. Makes a final appearance at the end when Tom meets Autumn. And the color of her blouse is red. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see what other kind of stuff. In the final scene together at the park bench, Summer can be uh, seen wearing tall wedges. But as she walks away, she's wearing flat sandals. Oh, so right there, lost me. I was like, enough of this. <laughs> at least it's towards the end of the movie. So you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think one of the uh, fun things about rom-coms are the jobs that they are. Because there's an entire yes. population full of writers and architects. Yeah. And, and magazine editors. Yeah, and Tom starts as a writer and ends up being an architect or something. Or actually, mm-hmm. I don't know if he got that job. 
Yeah, but, we don't uh, know. Architect is by far the horniest male rom-com. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about the building, just basically buildings like just gigantic phalluses all over the place, right? Yeah, it's, tried to, it's like true. they were trying to tell us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So let's get into it. Uh, I want to start it off with whose side are we on? Summer or Tom? Robin, take uh, it away. Tom, you suck. Um, yeah, I, I will say I am generally just on the side of not the dudes in this movie. There is a sequence at the beginning where they talk about the summer effect and it's all these men whose just heads are turned and it's like old men, young men, like mm-hmm. anyone with a penis is powerless to the summer effect. And it's just gross. It's really, really gross. And the amount of times like in the movie that the friends call her like a skank and a bitch and ask repeatedly if she's a lesbian because um, Tom, you know, sexually harassed her at work and she wasn't like immediately, you know, into it. They were like, oh, that lesbian bitch, what is the matter with her? Um, so all that to say, uh, team, what's her name? Summer. There you go. <laughs> All right, Savannah, you have the floor. Yes, I uh, gotta go with Summer. the The movie tries to make you hate her. That's the thing. We're we're living in Tom's head. Where even our our narrator is a dude that doesn't want to have uh, our one female character. There are more than one female characters. But really, it's just Summer. I'm pretty sure this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so despite the movie working very hard against her, I'm Team Summer all the way. Hashtag Team Summer. <laughs> we need T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just me and just like a just like a black T-shirt, just like in the corner. <laughs> all right, Madison. Oh, wow. Well, my last name is Summer, so I feel like inherently I'm a little biased for my girl Summer, but I'm going to throw this out there. I'm just going to throw it out to the group, see what you see what you think. I kind of think the more I was looking at this movie, rewatching it, it's not even a rom-com or like an alternative rom-com. I really think it's a coming of age for Tom because I think we witness him become an adult in the movie versus like when he first meets Summer, he can't even talk to her, he can't even ask her out. And then he meets Autumn where he's able to ask her out and face rejection. And so I think it's not really fairly set up to even be Team Summer, even though I think we all can see her, you know, for who she is. But I, I really think we're just on Tom's journey. And so I can sympathize um, you know, obviously with our podcast talking about love and, and trying to grow up and, you know, this crazy time, I can sympathize with that character, even though I think he makes a lot of missteps along the way. That was deep. Yeah. Was- <laughs> yes. Yes. Are you coming back, Robin, from, okay. <laughs> from Summer Island? Are you well, like- no, I thought you were going to say it was a horror movie when you were saying it wasn't a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in some ways, yeah, I think all love stories are kind of hard. Oh, I like God. that. I like that. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, I started off as definitely Team Tom, obviously. Big, big shocker. I guess I'm kind of coming back a little bit now. I think I'm in the middle where kind of everyone kind of sucks. And I don't think Summer's like, like, blame, like, I, I'm not blaming her or anything. They're just two young people that are kind of approaching stuff a little bit differently. You know, you know, Summer, I know she's like saying she's not looking to have a thing. 
And Tom's like, okay, yeah, totally. I'm not doing to have a thing either. But he was totally lying because he's like, I'm going to have a thing with you anyways, regardless of you having a thing with me. But then, <laughs> you know, um, but then there's a couple of times where Summer just made the mistake of maybe being a little bit too affectionate that just kind of continued. It's not her fault, but like kissing in the copy machine room, like um, she made a mistake doing that with that person. I don't know, Robin, you're glaring at me. Um, <laughs> I just, then, I think again, like you, you can, when you're trying to figure out what someone wants, you yeah. can listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth repeatedly. Um, and I want to be very clear. I have like scraped up, like, um, I don't know if you guys watch the show, crazy ex-girlfriend, they call them love kernels, like scraped together, like hints and tidbits of actions and like cobbled them into a relationship in my mind many times. So mm-hmm. like we have all been Tom, but again, on the rewatch, I kind of realized, and she is not without blame. Our girl summer mm-hmm. makes some really mm-hmm. shitty decisions, especially toward the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think like, come on, dude. Like she likes Belle and Sebastian and lets you like tell her fun facts about architecture. And you just decided <laughs> that like, she's the only gal for you (laughs) right and then you know like holds his hand in ikea we'll get into the ikea stuff because i think that's a very important topic so if you're trying to keep things from being steady ladies what do you do (laughs) well i think it's tricky Uh. because i mean as this movie shows even if you're clear about your intentions Mm -hmm. you can still be uh labeled as a bitch, a skank. If you are clear about what you want and stick to that and, you know, still have fun with someone, but like maybe you want to have fun with multiple people. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that that's a tricky question that I think we're all kind of trying to figure out the answer to. But I, I think Summer tried to do the right thing and saying up front when she wanted. Mm-hmm. Um where do, where do you go from there? Yeah, preach. <laughs> no, you preach, Savannah. That is right. <laughs> I have a, an interesting story to share. And Savannah, I've never shared this with you. Oh, uh, this is exclusive. <laughs> so I actually had a guy freshman year of college who idolized this movie. He idolized it. He was a creative writer. Our school was Run, Run Madison. <laughs> He he met me at like the preview day before we even committed to going to that school, and then he walked up to me on the first day um, of like our like we had a preview thing where you go to campus early, and so he introduced himself to me. He calls me the night before college, so he already kind of had it set up in his head that like I was going to be his summer, right? It mm. doesn't help again that my last name is Summers. I think he mm. really saw that at the time. <laughs> and uh, the first semester of college, he really he would come to my room, he'd come hang out with me and my roommate. He would write these fictional stories with my name in it. And then he would do the, like the underscore, the cross out, um, on your computer. You know what I'm trying to say? And he would yeah. change the name, like Heather, but it was clearly me. Oh, wanting you in danger girl. Yeah. <laughs> the papers for him. So having experienced this firsthand and I really do think it was a very immature kind of somewhat like Tom, but you know, especially this is a freshman college boy where he just wanted love. And he wanted this, again, this like manic pixie dream girl. And, and I would actually say, 
this might be controversial to your opinion, Robin. I kind of, I don't know that Summer is a manic pixie dream girl. I think Tom thinks she is. And so that's because, again, we're seeing it through his perspective. She, of course, is. But I don't know if, if we saw the movie in reverse from Summer's perspective, if we'd feel the same. But anyways, I say this to say, this guy made me his manic pixie dream girl. It didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> I really had a play-by-play. And I knew this because he had this giant poster, 500 Days of Summer, in his no. freshman door. No. <laughs> Yeah, open the uh, door and there was a big picture of Morrissey. Just like turn around, just walk out, walk out. Yeah, we went our separate ways, but he still kind of had this like candle for me. I think just what he built up in his head. It wasn't even me yep. as a person. This idea, the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's definitely now that kind of watching this coming from a totally different place in my life and thinking back when I was around that age and just kind of painful stuff where like I I did stuff like that where you just take a like a girl or a woman that is definitely a great person right and for whatever reason like i think it's like probably that guy is like you're so starved for you just want to be loved so much you know and it does you know and so you just kind of go someplace else and you put this person on this pedestal and and it's really hard to i think you're talking about robin just kind of scraping all this stuff together into some sort of really kind of mangled stuff i had a college girlfriend too that it's like man i tried hard and i like not like in a bad thing or just like i was always there i was i was johnny on the spot and all this kind of stuff and we had a lot of great times we like smoked opium and just hung out and had all these <laughs> amazing times and like that sounds uh, amazing yeah. <laughs> but at the same time it's just like what i wanted i even i think i just yeah what i wanted like she couldn't give and of course it got to the point where i was like okay goodbye you know but it still hurt and in in the meantime there's other people there just sort of like hey bob why don't you come over it's like oh i'm sorry like i got something here (laughs) i'm sorry that you like literally called me into your room and there's all these candles and i just like i can't do this because there's this other girl that hasn't said she liked me but i can't i can't uh I can't betray her. And it's so stupid. I was like, what, what are you doing, Bob? Just, just, just go with it. We can't have me cutes anymore. Well, this is even, this is even better because I was, I was in going to college at the time. Um, and our dorms were smoking dorms. Um, and so it was like literally oh, wow. the same. It was like Girl, ten what? stories high. Yeah, like, that was a thing. Yeah, I know. So it was like <laughs> ten stories high. So it was ten stories of of these suites, and about only two of them were non-smoking. So this is like central. This wow. is central Illinois. Like, they were in. Where in Paris was this transpired? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was in Charleston, Illinois, which also had a pretty big meth problem. But that's besides the point. And so this is this is how she did it. She called me up, and she's just like, "Hey." Um, can you run and get me some smokes? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I need to go get some. And that's how she she lured me in there. So she back in the day. Bob, <laughs> breaking hearts left and right. Yeah. But, you know, it's like I was like, I was such a time then. It didn't matter. Mm. I was almost I almost liked having something totally disastrous in my life mm-hmm. more than I had just like just having a good time. You know, just Are you the, sure you don't like Morrissey? This sounds very like. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, I I listened to uh, emo. I listened to the '90s emo during the whole time. All right. Yeah, yeah I'm so sorry, but no, but I never got into the Smiths, so I, I know it's weird. I know it's, it's weird. not too late. <laughs> it's true. 
Robin, if you had to write a greeting card for the most recent election, what would it be? Yikes, Bob. Um, (laughs) 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 Wow. Uh, Yeah, that is the card, actually, right there. Yikes. Roses are red, violets are blue. This year sucked. Yikes. (laughs) Uh, and we turned it blue. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Texas almost. We're, we're coming there. I don't want to like, talk about yeah. it. Although I will say that um, doing phone banking with Beto, Zoe and Emily Deschanel did phone banking with him. Like he always had a special guest. And Minka Kelly was on there. So like 50% oh, cool. of the female cast wow. in 500 days yeah. of summer. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> phone banking with Beto. Oh my gosh. So internet dating is so accepted right now. It's kind of made me th- wonder, like, have we forgotten about how we should be hooking up with our coworkers like our parents did? <laughs> right? I don't know. Like, it, it seems like it's like, so my, I guess my question, Madison, it seems like now it's like completely accepted, right? Because even 20 years ago or so, or let's, well, I mean, 10 years ago, not 20, you'd be like, oh, I met this girl online. Everyone's like, really? You know, but now it's just like, oh, right. Is that true? Does that- it depends. I think there's still a stigma. I have friends, even friends that have like gotten married that have come up with false stories of how they've met mm-hmm. as like their cover stories, even though I'm like, mm-hmm. I know you met a plenty of fish. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think it's a big deal. I talk about it pretty openly with my parents. My mom likes to swipe for me like it's a game. She's like, oh, can we play Bumble? <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. My life, mom. This is uh, my real life, mom. It's not Candy Crush. <laughs> this is all I got. Um, I don't know. I think it just depends. I think Yes, more so in cities. I would say in more rural areas. I'm just kind of pontificating here. But I would say here in PA, I think it's a little bit more stereotype than like in New York. I think it was pretty open just because that was our lifestyle there. Like everyone was pretty much on the app. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would, I would say. What do you think, Sav? We're getting there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I, I can't speak to living anywhere outside of here as to people's ideas of them. Um, but... I, I think that within our age group in cities, definitely it's it's ubiquitous. But as far as um, having forgotten that we should be hooking up with our coworkers, <laughs> um, I think that that's honestly still like the dream for a lot of us. A lot of us would prefer to meet to have a meet cute. Like, mm-hmm. what a dream! But I think that what's nice about the apps is they don't limit you to the, to fate or whatever. Like, Oh, I'm just going to wait and um, run into my person when they become my boss's assistant or whatever. Like you can, (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't wait to fuck my boss. Yes. You can take it into your own hands rather than like, if you don't have any, any, people in your life that you're interested in, you can um, widen your net more yeah, easily like, these days. My, my most recent job in New York was working for the Broadway industry. So I'll just put it out there. There weren't a lot of straight single available men for me to choose from. So I had to <laughs> seek my romantic interests outside of my industry. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that one of my best girlfriends um, got married a couple of years ago and they did have kind of like a cover story, but they mm. met on Plenty of Fish, I think, and they had a cover story, but in their wedding program under their thank yous or shout outs or something, it said, 
like, and finally, thank you to Plenty of Fish. And that, that <laughs> was like the talk of the reception. Everyone was like, I'm happy that's over. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where are the top apps? So, Plenty of Fish is one. Like, Tinder. Tinder. Yeah, I think big three are probably still Hinge, Bumble, and Tinder. Uh, well, what's Hinge? We oh, love Hinge. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> Hinge is our number one plug. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Hinge. it's go ahead. I I guess people in New York specifically, because that's the only pool I can personally speak to, see it as uh, people who are taking relationships more seriously, like people who are actually interested in finding someone to date longer term and tinder seen as more of like a hookup okay. um, yeah. i don't i haven't used bumble but I, don't, I think it's kind of a mix on bumble hinge they the thing about their profile is they give you these prompts that you can respond to um so it it gives you i think a, a better idea of the person you're swiping on before you swipe it's a little more than just like a picture and a quote or whatever okay yeah i did get a tinder account for work i work with uh young people and um tinder was kind of like the just a big top hot topic as you could imagine and i was like well let me just get an account and see what all the fuss is about i was like "Eh, let me just mention this to my husband just lick it before i get an account good call good call (laughs) and it's still live and active to this day the end oh interesting did you did you swipe a bunch of people and stuff is that what they call it i mean is that yes, Bob? <laughs> yes, that's what it's called. And no, I did not. I just wanted. I like just jumped in there and was like, ah! and then jumped in. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. We uh, we used to, uh, my wife has like a really good friend who was uh, quite the quite the kind of uh kind of sore of grinder and he'd like come and like like kind of like visit and be like oh there's just all these guys in your neighborhood it's like what like, and then, like looking outside just like <laughs> yeah he'd, like he'd visit but he never stood he never stayed at her house at all <laughs> just uh... uh bob i don't want to get up in your business but how did you meet your wife at work just like a normal person <laughs> like a normal old bob. yeah just like a normal old person yeah just uh, did you make the first move bob or did she make the first move like she's always yells at me i think it was probably me like is that i think it was definitely me bob you're a smooth operator i don't doubt yeah. it yeah you know but you know like you know i was just like a guy in produce i was just like I just start. I just stacking. I just like <laughs> go up and be like, look at the cashiers, be like, "Hey, what's going on?" You know. You so, worked at a grocery store when you I, met. I still do. Yeah. Oh my day. god. Yeah, oh I, my gosh, so cute. <laughs> well, I don't that's it. not the ideal meet you. We always say that. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked at. Uh, I work. I still work for Whole Foods. I worked for Whole Foods like for seventeen years. So, but like wow. back then, it was just like basically like a, it was just like hundred and fifty people between 25 and 30 they're all just like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. open it out yeah (laughs) behind the avocados (laughs) the melon puns right yeah there's always new cashiers coming in and there's like yeah it's just um it's good times it's good times it's a good thing that she doesn't listen to my stuff (laughs) my podcast is also 
<laughs> Sav and I actually have our own mean cute. We Ooh. met on a bus to Long Beach uh, when we were both in between work and it was like a random day towards the end of summer. We were both lost and uh, I think we found each other. We're like, are you trying to go to the beach? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we realized we were both going on our own. So we ended up hitting it off, spent the day at the beach together and then became best buddies and made the podcast. Uh, what, like yeah. two years later? I yeah. love that. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. The best friendship meet cute, truly. Yeah. You know, I've I've also heard that there's some other really crazy apps out there or websites that you can basically now the internet makes everything possible. Where I was just reading this article about it's this it's this site where people that want to be co parents but not romantically involved can meet. Like which is crazy. Oh, wow. And I was reading a little bit wow. about it. I was like, how does this work? And they're like, yeah, sometimes they, they usually do it naturally. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Oh. But they, but whoa. Yeah. This sounds like a rom-com in the making. Yeah. Yeah. Someone take notes. Oh. your Hallmark movie right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could, if we oh, all... Have you watched The Holiday yet? That's pretty no. good. The Holiday Date? Holiday. It's... Um, no. Oh, I forget her name from Scream Queen. Scream Queen. She's she's Julia Roberts. Uh, Emma oh, Roberts. Emma Roberts. Um, she's in it. She's an adult oh. person now, which is weird. Whoa. Um, and a very sexy Australian man. And it's the same type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, well, this is just a business proposition. Like, it's not exactly exchanging sperm. But um, <laughs> anyway, I highly recommend it. Cool. Okay. Check it out. Um, okay, let's get into IKEA protocol because in the in in the movie Summer and Tom spend a lot of time in IKEA, not only magical times running through the aisles against the the stream of people, which is a definitely a no no, <laughs> and then not so magical times as he's going through kind of faucets and stuff, and she's giving them surly word answers. Robin, what are your thoughts about this with IKEA? So I have. I have Ikea thoughts. I remember thinking that my life would be perfect if I had a special someone to go to Ikea with and like roam the aisles. Um, Ikea does put intense pressure on relationships. (laughs) 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 Um, The shopping, the line waiting, the furniture building, like Ikea Mm -hmm. is a very, very special relationship magnifying glass. Um, (laughs) And I, I do think that that was potentially irresponsible on her part. And I also just wanted to note for the record that I did once pick up a guy in the bedding section of Ikea. Oh, so, again, I feel like I'm bragging again. Can't just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you ladies, I don't know, Bob, if guys do this too, but um, like your girlfriends, like come up with nicknames for your paramours and they don't become like real people until they switch from like, you know, whatever the nickname is to their real name. Swedish uh, meatballs was that his nickname? His nickname was, his, I'm going to tell you his nickname and I'm just going to have to leave it at that. I will not oh be boy. taking any follow-up questions. <laughs> uh, his nickname um, as uh, bestowed by my friends was street moaner. And that's that. So ah, <laughs> can you just like, put that out there and just be like, I'm out. Like <laughs> my come, back, come back for the sequel. Y'all. <laughs> I mean, so like, in what section did you meet them? Was it in, the bedding department? The bedding? No, I'm sorry. I mean, was he laying on the bed? No. 
Were you? Not yet. No, no, like, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I said I will not be taking any further questions at this time. All right. Savannah, IKEA thoughts. IKEA thoughts. Well, I I think that this was an ideal date idea in my head. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, so great. And as Robin said, there's a lot of press at IKEA. I did end up going there once with someone I was sort of seeing um, and it was not as romantic. And I feel like uh, that person had, I was a Tom in that situation because I had an unfair expectation about what our Ikea trip would be. And it was not that. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Was the ferry ride cute at least? Was there a little romance on the ferry over there? Ferry. Oh no, this, this was in, this was still in, California this was in college so not even a cute ferry ride it was very unromantic we just like went and got some kitchen supplies and there was no um there was no role-playing no family in the bathroom watching us make out on the bed (laughs) (laughs) um so I I don't know maybe I still have like a little like kernel of hope that I'll know I found the one when we can have a Tom Summer moment in an Ikea but <laughs> until then I'll just leave Ikea to oh, no. to when I need to go and get furniture on my own. Poor Savannah. <laughs> Were you like yelling at him? Like we bought a whisk together. We bought like this whole like this little table. Like don't you respect No, no. Here, the thing is we were we were not we were going and getting our separate things. Oh. It was not even like we lived together. We were we were oh. just it was like uh oh you like i have a car and you need to go to ikea and it was like you know much more practical than i than i had fantasized (laughs) (laughs) this is interesting so madison is like this ikea date like almost an ideal date because it's something that's pretty mundane but you're building something with somebody right is that kind of the yeah you know i I'll give a little disclosure. I've never been to Ikea in person myself. (gasps) However, I'll share with you all in my most recent (laughs) situationship that I got myself out of the summer. The moment I knew I had to like end it officially was when he did not make it on his promise to come and take apart my Ikea bed frame that I was selling uh, on Facebook Marketplace, and he told me he would, and he didn't. And so, just like perhaps it would be a great date, I also think your furniture assembly can also be a deal breaker. There's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot Again. of unsaid things that are in that action. <laughs> IKEA as litmus test. Oh. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It, maybe my wife just keeps me around because I'm the official IKEA put it put her together thing you know like i can tell you it definitely doesn't hurt but uh which i like which i like just because it's like i get to be like hey everyone leave me alone and i listen to podcasts and just like spend three hours just like by myself oh yes yeah but i think so i think this is like i know like i know tom's like kind of the asshole right i get it i i but it, i think right here but that's what he's like. He wants an Ikea date and she kind of, unfortunately, the, you know, you know, holding hands, making out in there because that's not kind of friendly stuff. Like I, I, I could go like, Robin, do you want to go to Round Rock to Ikea? And you'd be like, okay, cool. And we just like walk through and I'm you not holding her hand. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm not holding <laughs> her hand that like, you know, running around, which I, you know, I would try to like 
knock someone over if they're running the opposite way. But yeah, <laughs> rude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I will say though, I I think that like just because she says that she doesn't want to be in a relationship doesn't mean that like they can't hold hands, they can't make out in IKEA. I think she's still pretty clear. Yeah about like what she expects in the relationship. That doesn't mean that they can't like have fun together and, uh, you know, do cute quote unquote couple and bone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I don't, I don't know. She certainly makes missteps. I don't think holding his hand in Ikea or like having that fun little fantasy together is one of the missteps in my opinion. I agree. I think, he is obsessed with like, what is this thing? What is it called? What are we going to label this? Like he's very into that. And he's kind of like oddly fixated on her ex-boyfriends, which again is like red flag, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Run away girl. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the only things he asked her about herself. Like all we know about old girl yeah. is she's from Michigan and she likes Ringo Starr. Like tell me anything <laughs> else you know about this woman. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, and all he sees is the bangs, and so he's just like, "I'm in." Well, yeah. those are great bangs. Let's let's. Yeah. To yeah. be fair, like we can give Tom a pass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so we do Chanel makes everyone yeah. like the bangs for sure. Yeah, that's a really good question because, like, honestly, like I don't ever ask about anything ever before. I just assume like it's a, you know, mm-hmm. in a relationship that is just like, I don't know why 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 open that can of worms, right, Robin? But he's like that's he wants correct. to be hurt so much by it, like right, just like Morrissey. Mm-hmm. That's how he knows that he's still alive, right? The pain just lets him know. Yeah, so I don't know. I think there's like a a serious ownership issue going on there, and he just needs to grow up. Luckily, yeah. we've just discovered this is a coming of age movie. Thank you, Madison. Yes. Yes. yes, thank you, Madison. Yep. <laughs> yes, and we're getting to the to the end of it, uh, which is kind of the problematic part of the movie. So on a scale of Ringo Starr to John Lennon, how much of a dick move was it Summer inviting her to her, her engagement party? Uh, Savannah. That was okay. Yoko Ono. Totally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can make up your own. We're using the Beatles scale. Just, uh, yeah, you can make your own uh, your rating. Okay, question though. Do we know for sure that it's her engagement party? I or is it just a party and she happens to... Oh. Be engaged. Oh. I don't think it's ever made clear yeah, that it's right. an engagement party. No, I think for sure it's the latter, right? But like she sh- and she acknowledges. He says you should have told me that. Well, yes, one hundred percent. This guy, and I yeah. think that's right. But then he says, like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, because I didn't want to. I wanted to dance with you. Like next, yeah. which I kind yeah. of love, right? Like we as yeah. women, we are trained that we're supposed <laughs> to say we're sorry and like I can't mm-hmm. have what I want and I should be this way and. I don't know. I just kind of dug it. Yeah. She was like, I wanted to dance with mm-hmm. you. But I didn't want to tell you the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. Eat a dick. Sorry. One of the few things we can say about Summer, <laughs> despite how little we actually do learn about her, is she's a spontaneous person. She moves from Michigan on a whim. She kisses Tom in the copy room on a whim. She dances with him on a whim. So I, I, I guess that's just something that we learn about her personality and it's it's not necessarily meant to be like a sabotage against tom like i think she literally just doesn't think to tell him because she's just like living her summer life Mm -hmm. but i i think at the point 
for when she invites him to that party for him to not know is a little strange, especially is her fiance not there? Like does because I the, think they show some kind do, of do, do they show him? Do, okay, yeah. I can't. I couldn't remember. I know there's a part where she's showing someone the ring, but I don't mm-hmm. know if we actually ever see the dude. I think there's an introduction, right? Well, it's a split screen, right? Yeah. So that's like more kind yeah. of like the aesthetics of the filmmaking and all of that. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Which, you know, I was having a hard time paying attention to like reality yeah. versus expectation. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, I just I don't know. I kind of I kind of dig that at the end she's like I didn't tell you because I wanted to dance with you and I realized that um I wanted to get married because I had this thing that I was questioning with you all the time. Mm-hmm. Which like yeah. felt like a gut punch but like it happens, also, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that is the truth. Like I have yeah. this thing, you know, like I'm just not that into you, not to get all sex in the city on you, but like <laughs> you know, when the right person comes along you're like yep nope that was the thing i was looking for sorry dude yeah yeah i think right go ahead madison i was just gonna say i i think again right because we only see this film through tom's eyes we're seeing it like his love story and his failed romance with summer but i think if we looked at it through summer's perspective we could have a totally different you know, experience where maybe the cinematic um, climax for us is her meeting her soon-to-be husband, reading Dorian Gray in that coffee shop. And so it's a totally different perspective. And I think the mistake that Tom makes, I think probably a lot of us make, is seeing what's wrong with him and going back to asking about the ex-boyfriends and why he doesn't fit into her life. But, you know, she had her own, she was the main character of her own story, and we just don't get to see that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, like, totally let her off. It's totally fine at the wedding you know, dance away, all that kind of stuff. She wasn't really doing anything like, hey, let's make out too. You know, she was just hanging out, having fun, dancing a little bit. Probably shouldn't have invited like uh, old boy back for the party. You know, she knows yeah. she yeah. knows Tom's like going to get punched or something on her behalf and she's not going to like it too much. So kind of yeah. doesn't seem like it's like, you know, for I, maybe Summer's not thinking, but she should have probably known. Like this is this is that dude. I don't really. I'm not going to really invite this dude to my house. And luckily, he just like stormed off. But he could have done something even something more embarrassing. You know. Yeah, I think she probably genuinely wants to be friends, yeah. and that is, was probably the thought. But huge oversight to not be like, oh, by the way, I'm engaged. Well, I guess at the wedding she wasn't engaged at that point but then prior to him coming to the party she got engaged in that time span oh and she, that's right because yeah, like, yeah he wouldn't right. notice that because he's all like, yeah hey what's going on yeah yeah. yeah yeah well and she tells him that he i think when they're on the bench he's like you should have told me and she says well he hadn't asked me at that point and tom says well he was in your life yeah jeez um so yeah if <sighs> she should have given him a heads up prior to the party. I don't think she, she still could have invited him. if like, she genuinely wants to continue this friendship, but like friends, friends think about how their actions are going to affect their friends' emotions. Yeah. So not, not chill summer. And maybe you don't get right. to be friends. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's what summer should have been like, uh, like Tom is, you know, it'd be nice. We can have like, we'll run into each other and say hi pleasantly, but can't let this guy into there. He's going to try to marry me or something. And like, <laughs> uh, so here's a couple of things that um, I was thinking about. Are we sure that Summer wasn't dating that guy while she was with Tom? What do you think? No, we're, mm-hmm. we're not sure. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. 
They never DTR, as we like to say. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? They, ne- um, they never define the relationship. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so we don't know if they're exclusive. Because it's right. it, uh, in between when she breaks it off and she gets married, it's 186-day difference. And so that's about six months from breaking Bob, up. Bob, you're sounding like a real Tom right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is still a pretty fast turnaround, right? Yeah, you know? but mm. this is also spontaneous summer we're talking about. That's true. Yeah. She wants something, she goes for it. Yeah, she could have totally met this dude. What, like, we don't know when the Dorian Gray thing happened. Like, who reads it, Dorian Gray? Totally. Like, absolutely zero. <laughs> fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely zero dudes. <laughs> like, he probably had like, remembered enough of a clip notes just in case, you know? Like, <laughs> he just keeps that in his pocket yeah. for when he sees yeah. a hot girl reading Dorian Gray. Oh, that's so <laughs> summer. Oh, we met while reading Dorian Gray. Um, very upstairs, I have to say, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, one thing that I read that was kind of floated out, and this is something that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt also um, believes, is that the, that last scene where they talk wasn't actually them talking. It was his own craziness it was like uh whether it was a dream or it was a conversation where he kind of said goodbye what do you guys think about that interesting i have never heard that theory if he's like devolving into madness and he goes (laughs) on a date with autumn like somebody call autumn yeah yeah give that girl a heads up heads up make it kelly yeah like he's he's just Go ahead. Is this the bench scene or is this yeah, when he's meeting on the bench scene? Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I think this whole concept of closure is interesting. And so I think we, as we all know, life is messy and you don't always get the closure that you want or deserve. And so I I would respect that if that was actually how it was. He never did get to meet up with her and get that closure. And he had to make his own in order for him to get to a mental place to then meet Autumn. Um, so yeah, I've never honestly thought of it that way, but I kind of like that better because I think it's it's realistic to life. Like we don't always get nice little bows at the end of every relationship, unfortunately. That's true. <laughs> I like to like make the closure that he makes, though. Like to quote to quote uh, noted podcaster Dan Savage, he always says, uh, "Closure is something you give yourself, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. something someone owes you." Yeah, which this entire movie I think is a form of closure for the writer. And he probably didn't get closure, proper closure with his ex. And that scene is a manifestation of the closure that he felt like he needed. And he is a toxic man, baby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so if, if we ever run into Jenny Beckerman, I would love to have her on the on the podcast. She's no. like, who is that guy? I, like, yeah, I think counterpoint. I used- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She's like, we dated for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, that, like, I think I worked with him like for a yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. All right. So any last now we're to the open agenda part of the show. Any last thoughts? Anything else that I failed to bring up that you guys wanted to talk about? Any acronyms I don't know about? <laughs> uh, can we talk about chloe grace moretz as the yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. baby child i love her she was so oh great oh my gosh yeah great female character um who i wish would have interacted with any other female character at any point honestly any of the women there in you this go film. again, trying to Never. the <laughs> Exactly. I mean, no, it's just, it's, yeah, I I know we're through Tom's perspective, but that doesn't mean that there, there can't be 
female characters that have relationships with each other. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I love that sister character a lot. And Mm -hmm. I also would like to give a shout out to Allison, the woman who he goes on a date with that point. Yeah, like hero of the movie that points out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right out. Like, did she tell you that you were in a relationship? Did she promise you? Did she use you? (laughs) Did she abuse you? No, she was Props to Allison. Uh, I also have to give a shout out to that Hollow Notes dance number because that yes. was iconic. It. Totally. I mean that the movie does have like a real sense of style, like the dancing and the split screen and the pencil drawing and um, kind of like erasing of the actual scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So many textures in this movie that like just it made made it one of my favorites early on. So, so upon rewatching this, because you guys all saw it before, how did it age for you? Let's start with you, Madison. Oh man! Uh, again, I think it, it gave me a deeper appreciation for it, and certainly for summer, I think it takes experiences in life to fully understand the depth of that character, even through the limited lens that we're given through, you know, Tom's perception of her. Um, so yeah, I think it makes me sad just like, you know, when, in that scene where she's crying, watching the end of the graduate, like to see her cry, like I really felt that in my gut because I can now sympathize and understand exactly what she's feeling there. Um, which I probably wouldn't have gotten when I was what, 14 when this movie came out. So I think, yeah, in a lot of ways, um, it's, it's aged well for me. I can appreciate both Tom and Summer in their own (laughs) respective ways. Uh, and just again, the, the messiness of, relationships and trying to figure it out and it's not always a clean you know title that we expect going into it there's you know many many shades of gray when it comes to love and relationships what, what, wait what, why is she uh cry was she crying because spontaneity the, of all i think yeah i think watching that ending scene um you know because i i think for again i go back to this relationship with this guy in college it wasn't a relationship um the one that that loved 500 days of summer he also loved the graduate oh. he thought it was a great of course movie. he did of course he did <laughs> just like tom he was tom yeah. and, and he mm-hmm. loved the movie and he thought the ending was great and i don't think he fully understood the sadness <laughs> of that final scene and that's gonna watch it straight through the credits my dude yeah yeah and to me i always saw that and i think summer sees that yeah. and again she sees like it's it's not always a happy ending and you don't don't always get what you want um so yeah i i can sympathize with that madison if you get married just be very very careful don't publish it anywhere you might see the skylight <laughs> come up like... <laughs> yes yeah. they always come back that's my word of advice <laughs> they're never really gone <laughs> uh, savannah better or worse um there are aspects of it that hold up 100%. I think the the aesthetic aesthetic elements still it's one of my favorite visual movies. Uh the soundtrack I'm obsessed with. I I know the order of the songs on the soundtrack. Like, oh wow. I I oh, used to have the CD in my car in LA. And another thing that holds up is its depiction of LA as a as a city. Because, I, I mean, New York gets that all the time, but it's so rare to kind of see those love letter to L.A. kind of depictions. So all of that holds up really well. Um, 
there are definitely more points that I cringe at now that I didn't, you know, as a young woman who are, who, as a young woman, like not realizing how pervasive the male gaze is like watching it at my first time, I, I didn't like realize like, Oh, we are only seeing summer through the lens of dudes (laughs) the entire time. And then, I mean, on top of that, the toxic masculinity, we talked about how many times they call her skink, bitch, et cetera. I, I don't think that it even phased me as a teenager because I was like, yeah, totally. She's a skank. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, that it, this movie, I think, will always have a special place in my heart, despite its pitfalls. Yeah, I got to agree. Like his his friends were kind of the worst you know the worst the worst yeah. totally and i know here i go again with my feminist agenda but like he could have had just like one female yeah. friend mm-hmm. I, I i i don't i don't understand yeah the sister really couldn't go anywhere she could she's like oh god i have to yeah. ride my bike to his house again you know <laughs> because he's breaking plates like a child (laughs) right and also i something that i paid attention to on this rewatch was that at the beginning they say it's amanda heller all over again so clearly tom has this sort of control problem where he goes in too deep really fast and then is heartbroken when like someone is you know not as into him as he is into them do you think those plates were from Ikea? Is that why it was destroyed? Oh. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope he's Full breaking cheap Ikea moment. plates. <laughs> yeah. oh. Okay, Robin. I think we got a lot of your thoughts. Any, any final thoughts about this? <laughs> uh, no, I think you guys are all stocked up on Robin's thoughts. But uh, yeah, I think exactly. I think these ladies hit the nail right on the head. Um just kind of interesting the things that we see in the repeat viewing. And Bob, I will say, I always love your liner notes for these movies because it is good to look at like the um, color choices and that little red origami bird and things like that. Like it just made for a very interesting viewing. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. You're welcome. And thank you, Madison and Savannah and Robin coming on. I had a ton of fun. I would love to do this again, maybe for holiday Holodazzle, something like that. Um, But uh, I would, and I'm being totally honest, I have a lot of fun. I am kind of a podcast addict now because I, I kind of, it's it's really funny because I was telling like, um, like my friend Toby and uh, this other guy, uh, Tim, that I do a bunch of these with. I was like, okay, let's just like, um, do let's just record like once every couple weeks. I need, I need to give myself a break, you know. And I'm recording like five times this week. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. Um, (laughs) Maybe it's a me thing. I'm just recording all this stuff, but I'm not editing because I can't edit because I've been watching all the news and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, I just, but too much. No, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I had yeah. a lot of fun with you with you guys. Um, Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Thank you for having us. For having yeah. us. It was a fantastic yeah. time. All right. And thank you for listening to the Aging Hipster Movie Show. This show was written, produced, and edited by Bob Serrano. The theme song was written by Kid Mental. Please check us out online. Join our Facebook group, IG account, which is the AgingHipsterNetwork.com. 
or go to www.theagingthehipsternetwork.com. I got a couple of stuff coming out. Uh, I have a Mandalorian rewatch series called Beskar Boys. Uh, I had myself drawn as a Mandalorian, of course. And then I, if you are a Spotify premium customer, um, I am doing Aging Hipster Radio because you can do like an anchor podcast and put songs in there. And I just released an episode, which I did with my three children, which was pretty funny. If you like, if you like uh, three and a half year olds go poo poo pee pee like deep ass pee pee uh but um it was a lot of fun so please check it out 